Hello, everyone. So happy to be here. Um, but we just want to, obviously, I know that it's been a couple processes, and I wasn't here last week and the weeks before, but um, Mary and is my sister. Adrian is my brother, and so it's my turn to just publicly love and honor and celebrate them. And I have a plant, too, because I forgot to give that to her the other day. <laughs> but these are just some flowers to um, love her and bless her. And I have to say, I'm going to say words. Uh-oh, I got it dirty. That's just like me. I'm going to explain that. It's dirty. But I'm going to explain why. I'm going to explain that. It's a good illustration here. Um, but Mary is, there's so many things about her. She, she re, when I think of a, a biblical woman, there's a lot of them, but Deborah is one of them because she's my big sister. And I know I joke about that, like, oh, I'm the youngest, you know, but I'm only a few years younger. It's not like that big of a deal, which you can tell if you look really close. But, so, but, but she is like a Deborah. Mary is a, a warrior. She's strong. She's a leader. She can put on some boots and go and fight the enemy in the spirit. She is, is smart. Like, like, she leads the way. And I don't mean just, like, physically, but she leads the way. We, she's always like, here's this book, and, and here's this, and this is what God is saying, and, and this is what God is speaking. And, and she's prophetic. And she's a protector, too, let me tell you. She can be feisty. In high school, she's had to protect me several times. <laughs> From, yeah, protect me from boys. She didn't care about boys either, so don't mess with her, right, Adrian? He knows. <laughs> but that brings me to Adrian, too. So, Adrian, thank you. Thank you for loving my sister the way you do. That means probably the most to me. The way you love her, the way you serve God alongside of her, is just so evident of your love for God. And your love for people. And I appreciate that more than you know. I know. Thank you. I was going to put waterproof mascara on today. And I'm like, you know what? Forget it. Who cares? It doesn't even matter. <laughs> so I love you both. I bless you. I honor you. I celebrate you. <laughs> so it's like kind of bittersweet for me to be here today. But I'm happy I get to be here. But it's hard. So I love you. <laughs> more things okay we just want to honor you and bless you guys um this is for you guys and then we've got um just a little prophetic acts here that's all because we love you and we honor you and um yeah we do and guys after service we're going to celebrate pastors mary and adrian with lots of good chili food really good food so before we do that then we're going we're gonna to bless them, and that's, that's sending them off in the word of God and with blessings. So we're going to do that after Pastor Rebecca gives the word, okay? Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so I know that this is perfect because I know it's a little later starting today, so you guys are all starting to feel hungry, aren't you? And that's the title of my message is Stay Hungry. So look what a good place you're in. What a good place you're in. And now that I can explain why my card was dirty, I think it was from my almond butter and jelly sandwich on the way here. <laughs> I don't know what happened. So 
I don't like to be hungry. I am not a good hungry person. I don't know how many of you guys are, but if you look in my purse at any given moment, I have snacks like all the time. I always have snacks in my purse because I don't like being hungry. And I figure if I have something with me, then I don't have to, I don't have to do that to me or you, right? <laughs> I'm always telling Troy that. Don't do that to me. Here, let me, can you, can I give you a snack, please? You might not want to eat something, but I need you to eat something, right? So we need to stay hungry, stay hungry for God. So let's pray again before we start and go into the word. Father, thank you for your word today, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here. Your presence is with us, God, that you are speaking to our heart, that you are speaking to our spirit now. God, let your word go forth. Father, I thank you that I am just a vessel that you get to speak through today. So let let your word speak through me, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, So stay hungry. It is a place, an evidence of humility is staying hungry before God. When you are humble, you aim to listen. You respond. You receive with deep conviction to God's loving kindness. So it's a really good place to be, is to be humble. And I need God. It is the best place to be. God, I need you. Hunger will keep you in a place of dependence on him, in complete and total dependence, because yesterday's word isn't enough. It was a good word, and you can hold on to it. I have a, I have a scripture in my pocket, which my mom taught us when we were younger, but I have a scripture in my pocket, and it's been my scripture for the last couple of days because it's, it's a good word. And every time I think of something else or fear or anxiety or whatever's going on, I'm like, yep, I'm reading that. Put that back. Yep, I'm reading that again. I'm reading that again. And so that word, you have to have that word with you all the time. Every second of the day, you've got to keep the word in you because I love what um, Pastor Mary shared in communion. Like, the devil's coming against you. He has a plan. So what is your plan? You've got to have the sword. You've got to have your sword ready. You can't, I mean, it's, it's still good to go get it when the devil co- does come against you. I'm not telling you not to go run to it. Always run to it. But be ready. Be proactive. Be ready to defend yourself with the word. So stay completely dependent upon the word of God. And in Deuteronomy 8, 2 through 3, and I, um, I think Pastor Troy was here last week, right? Okay, so if you were here last week, raise your hand. Hmm. Okay, I heard you guys laughing. I was watching. I was in Texas visiting um, Dom and Emily and the kids, and so I heard, I heard it. He's talking about me, the wordy version, the amplified. So you're getting the whole wordy version today. Here we go. Ah, yeah, I heard it. (laughs) I was like, oh, I can't wait. That's funny. I'm next week, so I'm going to get him good. So Deuteronomy 8, 2 through 3 says, the amplified version, it says, And you shall remember always all the ways which the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, so that he might humble you and test you to know what is in your heart, mind, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled you and allowed you to be hungry, and he fed you with manna, a substance which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, so that he might make you understand by personal experience. You see why this wordy version is so good? That man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. So we cannot do anything on our own, nothing. He wants to give you a personal experience. And I love this. Even in the Old Testament, 
His character is revealed. Jesus is revealed here. The character of God, he desires, he longs for a personal experience with us. So he humbled you and allowed you to be hungry. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Thank you for your grace that you allowed me to be hungry. See, in, the, um, in Deuteronomy here, he could have easily fed the children of Israel. He could have fed them, but he didn't feed them until the um, 16th day of the second month in their journey exiting Egypt. It was a little while until they were fed manna from heaven. Because you know what? They finally came to a place of surrender. They finally came to a place of self-serving. I have nothing left, God. I've got nothing left. What a, a powerful place to be, right? That's a hard place to be. That's a scary place to be. That's a humbling place to be. Um, you know, you can feel like, ah, what am I going to do now? Like, think about even a man not being able to provide for their children, and they're going to starve in the desert. But a place that you are finally in, complete surrender, that God can step in and take care of you. And then he fed them the rest of the time, 39 years and 11 months. So we cannot live by bread alone, our fleshly desires. We can't live by our flesh. We've got to live by every word that comes out of his mouth, every word that he is speaking. So hunger will keep us in a complete dependency upon him. He will tell you how to think, tell you what to think, <laughs> what to say, what not to say. I'm learning a lot to just, zoop. he's helping me a lot, just I got to listen better, that's for sure. But he's helping me a lot. Number two, remaining hungry is a place of blessing from the Lord. Manna. Do you know that manna means what is it? What is it? That is a good place to be. So God, what is it? Now I'm blessed. When I'm in a complete place of surrender, I can say, what is it, God? What is it that you want me to say? What is it that you want me to do? What direction should I move in? What, where do I need to go for my job? What do I need to say to my children? How do I need to relate to my husband? How do I pray for my husband? How do I not say something to my husband? What, what do I need to do? That is a complete place of surrender, manna, every day. God, what is it? Now I can experience God in every single one of those places for myself. I can experience him for myself. Look at verse 3 again. It said he humbled it says he humbled you and allowed you to be hungry and fed you with manna. He allowed it. He allowed you to be hungry because he knew that in that place of surrender you would only want him. Only want him and you would be able to personally experience him as your provider, as your savior, as your best friend. As your husband. So he allowed you to be hungry and fed you of substance that you did not know, nor did your fathers know. God wants to do a new thing, church. He wants to do a new thing if you let him. Don't, don't be scared. I know I get, I get afraid too. Like it's kind of scary out there. But don't be scared. God is with you. He wants to do a new thing. When you're in a place of depending on what is it, God? It's the safest place to be. So that he might make you understand by personal experience that man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Now I have a personal experience, and he can work through every detail of my life. 
So hunger is a place from the Lord. When I have nothing left, that manna can be released. Um, have any of you, I'm gonna, I'll give a couple examples. So if you're not in the toddler stage, but if you did have kids or you've seen kids, you've seen them in the grocery store, you guys, we all, so it doesn't even matter even if you don't have toddlers anymore. This is just the, the perfect example because it's so painful for me. But we have, so we're like old parents again, or we're parents again, but we're old parents again. So we have like a little boy. And so when he, this is the hardest. It's always when you're in a hurry, you know, and you want to teach your kids to put on their socks and shoes themselves. And you want them to do these things themselves. And you have to, you have to teach them, but you're in a hurry and you're like, oh my gosh. And, but I feel for him because I know that the sock, you know, the line part in the front of the sock, Like, I can't handle it crooked either. You either? See? Yes. Ah, me neither. Like, I have these little short socks on, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're back behind there, and they're driving me crazy. And so he has to have it perfectly straight. And so, like, okay, he knows how to put his socks on now. Like, yes, because he's a little boy. Like, boys could care less. Like, let's go. He'll come downstairs with his muscle shirt on and shorts. I'm like, it's winter. What are you doing? Go put some clothes back on. I want to wear this. He doesn't care if it's cold, you know? So... He's putting his socks on, it's crooked, taking it back off, putting his sock on, and he's getting frustrated and getting frustrated, and I'm like, can I please just help you? I got to go. I'm going to go crazy. I got to go. And so I feel like sometimes that is what, that's what God's doing. He's like, can I just help you? Please, can I just help you? Just take up your sock, wave it in the air. I surrender, God. Take my sock. Put it on for me. Just do it for me. Because his way is better. His way is so much better. And sometimes we don't even know how desperately we need him. And his word will show us. Look at Matthew 5, verse 6, amplified version. (laughs) Blessed, joyful, nourished by God's goodness are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who actively seek right standing with God, for they will be completely satisfied. I love that, actively seek. Because on purpose daily, you have to actively seek him, right? Actively go after him. Actively go after his word and what he is speaking to you, and then you can be nourished. And I am, this will be a a Big shout out to Pastor Sue over here. But this is a perfect illustration for me um, because we're spirit, soul, and body, right? We are spirit, soul, and body. They, all, they are all connected. Everything is spiritual. Everything is because it all belongs to him. And so I love this. But so my about two years ago, and I've, I've known healthy-ish food. You know, I've known healthy. Yeah, I know what I need to do, what I don't need to do. But Holy Spirit really convicted me and said, no, you need to be healthy like spirit, soul, and body. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to go meet with Sue, and she is going to help me, and we're going to do live it well. And even going in, I have to admit, I was like, all right, I'm just going to do this, but I'm going to get ice cream after this six weeks is over, right? Like, I'm just going. She even says in moderation, so I'm just, I'm, you know, once in a while. So I, I have to tell you, I had a little bit of an attitude going in. Like, I just wasn't all the way there. But as the time went on, and as I got closer into more surrender and more surrender and more surrender, I realized how unhealthy I was. Because the more of the junk that I got out out of me, and the more I surrendered and laid it down at his feet, Holy Spirit showed me. And you know what? I cannot eat the same food anymore. 
I can't. The moment that I eat something that has the bad oils in it, I'm like, oh, that hurts. Or, or you know, the, the, the something that I'm not supposed to eat, or which I'm really, I'm kind of careful to. I just don't do it at all because I know myself. But so pray for me. I really miss Mitchell's, you guys. I'm not kidding. It's really hard. But, but I noticed how unhealthy I actually was. And it's the same in the spirit. The closer we get to Jesus, those conversations, they affect us differently. I'm like, ooh, that's not funny. I, I can't watch that. I got to turn that off. I can't participate in these conversations. Or, or I wake up in the morning and I'm like, ooh, everybody's still asleep. Let me go get in my word and let me go get in the face of Jesus. I can't wait to talk to him. I can't wait to hear what he wants to say to me today. You can't do the same thing anymore. It will pull you. It's like that, that new crush. You can't wait to see if they, if they text you or if they're, they're calling you or if they're thinking of you or if they left you a note. You long for him, and he longs for you. You can't be the same person that you were because he wants to consume every single space of your heart. He wants you to have a personal relationship with him. Just like the Israelites, God couldn't move until they had completely surrendered. And I'm not saying we're there yet. I'm not there yet. None of us are there yet. Every single day, glory to glory, Holy Spirit will show you. So don't get mad at people who are at a different place than you. Give them grace and mercy because God gave you grace and mercy, right? Just, they might be struggling with that sock and it's crooked and they're still trying to put it on and you're like, good Lord already, can you just figure this out, right? But give them grace and mercy and get down on your knee and say, let me help you. Let me love you. Let me show you the love of Jesus, the way that he did for me, the way that he loves me. He wants to show you. Psalm 34, 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. God is so good. He's so good to you. The more you taste of him, the more you want him. And you won't be satisfied with anything else. Listen, it's like this. You don't give your kids broccoli because you want to torture them, right? Although broccoli was my most least favorite um, vegetable as a kid. Like I literally would start gagging. My mom would laugh. I'm like, it's not funny. I can't eat it. I'm like crying. It's like you have to eat your broccoli. And then, you know, you make them sit at the table for four hours. Like that's torture. Come on, right? We probably have all done that. But you've got to eat your broccoli. You're not trying to do that. You're not trying to torture your kids. You know what's good for them. You know that they need that. You know that, but you, God knows how much more he loves you and me. He's trying to just give you your broccoli. He's like, come on, just surrender. I've got good things for you. But we've got so many Christians feeding off this world like cotton candy. And we're walking around sickly. And we, we're not able to show the love of Jesus because it's me, me, me. And, and we just, we're just weak. Honestly, we're just weak. So church, go eat your broccoli. It's good for you. Feed in your broccoli. Feed on it. <laughs> right, Sue? That's right. She said, amen. <laughs> Number three. And I only have four points, so that will help you. Number three, complacency is self-satisfaction. Complacency is dangerous. But hunger will keep you from being complacent and satisfied by this world and your own selfish desires. You can't stay there. 
You can't stay complacent. You can't stay satisfied by this world and your own selfish desires. So I'm going to give you homework. And a lot of you, this is a familiar probably um, scripture for most of us. But Luke 15, 11 through 32, it talks about the prodigal son. So I want you to, I'm not going to read the whole chapter. Like, you know, despite what Pastor Troy says, I'm not going to give you the entire wordy version. Just go home and read it. Luke 15, 11 through 32. But I'm going to read a little bit. So Luke 15, 11 through 12 says, Then he said, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them inappropriately said to his father, Father, give me the share of that property that falls to me. So he divided the estate between them. Right there, I'm going to stop there, his will. He was in his will, not his heavenly father's will. And that part where it says inappropriately, I'm going to grab some water real quick. I forgot my water. So a cough coming on. But that part where it says inappropriately, that right there, he should have felt uncomfortable asking his father for that. Like, I'm like, I read that part over and over, and I thought, God, he's, he's been in a bad place for a minute. He didn't get like that overnight. Because who could just, if you're, if you're in a place with your Savior where you're humble, and you're in a place of surrender, and you're in a place of manna, feeding off of manna, God, what is it? You don't feel comfortable Coming to your father, give me my share. That's, ugh. He's been in that place for a while. And so that is a place of complacency where he felt satisfied with his own flesh, with his own desires. So we can learn something from him here. He lived comfortably in his father's house. He wasn't satisfied with what his father had for him anymore. On living under his father's authority. He had become complacent. In Luke 15, 13, a few days later, the younger son gathered together everything that he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he wasted his fortune in reckless living and in, reckless and immoral living. We have to remain in a place of a need of our Savior. I want you to think about what does that look like in your own life? Ask Holy Spirit to show you, because it all it looks different to all of us. God, we're... Where is that place that I haven't given over to you? Where is that place that I've, I've just become satisfied with myself, with I can do this, I can figure this out? And sometimes it starts small. Oh, I'm tired, I can't get up, or I stayed up too late, now I can't get up. And I'm, I've been waking up at like 3 in the morning, and I like to get up early before everybody else, and I, that's too early, like I can't get up then, that's the middle of the night. I'm sorry if you wake up at 3, I'm sorry, Jeremy. That is the middle of the night. We will pray for you and get you and get you coffee gift cards. <laughs> but and then I like, okay, I'm go, I finally fall back asleep and then I can't get up early and get alone. And it's just, but it happens easily. It can creep in easily. So you've got to be careful and watch out for those places. Because we get to that fleshly place where we don't even realize that we're unhealthy anymore. And and that that burger doesn't hurt anymore. And that greasy food doesn't hurt anymore, right? And that sugar is just like, oh, I can eat anything. This doesn't hurt me. This doesn't bother me. When it really should. I'm good. I'm in control. I got this. We're good. We went to church last month, right? I read my Bible, my Bible verse, my little Bible app today. So we've got to stay in a place of his will, 
not our own. Not a place of self-satisfaction and a place where we become complacent. Number four, hunger releases the capacity to dream. And when you get hungry enough, you can dream again. So if you know the story, if you don't, remember that's your homework. Go back and read it. But he went off. He spent all the money that he took from his father, his inheritance, and now he's in a place of desperation. Yes, finally in a place of desperation. So Luke 15, 15 through 20. So he went and forced himself on one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. He would have gladly eaten the carob pods that the pigs were eating, but they could not satisfy his hunger. And no one was giving anything to him. But when he finally came to his senses, I love that, his real self, he came to his senses, who he was in Christ. So even if you're in a place, and we all get there or have been there, might get there, whatever, you know what? Don't, don't stay there. Those are lies from the enemy that you're not who you are. Come to your senses and see who God sees who you are. You are a child of the Most High. And you know what? It doesn't matter because guess what? He saw what you were going to do before he died on the cross and he still called every one of you worthy enough. When I think about that, I'm like, oh, thank you, God. You still called me worthy enough when you saw all my trash and you still chose to die for me? So come to your senses. And he said, how many of my father's hired men have more than enough food? Well, I am dying here of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. Verse 19, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Just treat me like one of your hired men. So he got up and came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion for him. And he ran and embraced him and kissed him. Verse 17, church, it's telling us to dream again. Dream again. Being hungry will release the capacity to dream again. He says he came to his senses, and he's saying, this is what I'm going to say to my dad. I know this is what I'm going to do. I know this is what I can say. And then, you know, he's going back and forth. How many times have we done that? Like, okay, so if they do this, I can say this, and I can finally come back and do this. Come to your senses. Imagine, dream again. And he finally came and surrendered himself. He finally realized that his resources were dead. But what a blessed place to be. He was able to be truly hungry, not for this world, but only what his father could give him. And verse um, 18, 19 through 22, this is my favorite part. Because repentance brings restoration. Look at that. So even while his father, while he was a long way off, his father saw him. It's like you just need one little step towards Jesus. Just one little and God or one little look and God's like, "Whoosh! There she is. There he is." And he is moved with compassion for you. He is moved like, oh, "There they are, my beloved." The one that I love, the one that I long for, the one that I would do anything for, he is moved with compassion and longs to be with you. And he puts a robe, and he puts a ring, and he puts sandals on his feet. Now, 
Just put yourself in that position to receive his grace and mercy. So hunger will push you outside of what seems safe and come home to your father. It keeps you in a desperate place of need for your savior. We can only be satisfied in our father's presence, right? Only satisfied in him. Nothing else will satisfy. We have to stay in a place of God, your manna. I have no resources left. And I, when I've been talking to some people just going through hard times, and, and when they tell me that, I just, I hug them. But then I say, you know what? I know this is hard, but you are in the best place of your life because you have nothing left of yourself. And now you get to feed off of heaven. You get to be fed from heaven. God is the one directing your steps. He's the one leading you. So even though it's painful and it's hard and it's confusing and it's frustrating, you're in the best place possible. The best place possible. So in closing, how do I stay hungry? Stay humble. Stay in a place of humility. God, I need you. I surrender. What is it? What is your will? What is your will that you want? I need you, Father. Consume all that you can of him. Every area of your life, your thoughts, your words, your senses, your spirit, your soul, your body, everything. We're spirit, soul, and body, church. We're not separate. All of it together. All of it. You know, which I said I miss my Mitchell's ice cream. We, um, we were one time at Mitchell's and... <laughs> You guys ever get in line? This was like a few years ago because I haven't had it in like two years. But we get you get in line and they, you get behind a person that's like, mm, can I taste that one? No, 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 no. No, can I taste that one? Can I taste that? They just had a whole scoop of ice cream. By the time, I'm like, oh my gosh, can you just pick one? Can you just, yes. <laughs> my mom's so good like that. She's so good. I see, I can't eat any sugar. That's why I just don't do it at all because I know myself. I'll just be like, give me the tub. I'm taking it home. <laughs> but she'll do that. Just give me a little scoop. Oh, that's all I needed. Thank you. She's just so sweet and dainty. But, but that is what Holy Spirit's saying. Taste and see that I am good. I am good in every area of your life, but you've got to come and taste. Come and experience me. I long for you to have a personal experience with me in every single area of your life, every single flavor, <laughs> every single part. He wants to be in all of it. He doesn't want to be separated from any of it. Consume him in every area of your life. God, what is your will, not mine? So in my closing prayer for you, I pray that God will give you grace, a divinely given ability to hunger for what you've never hungered for before. More cravings of him. A hunger so strong, church, that we will pull on heaven and that every life around us will be changed because of the pull that we have on heaven. And if you're in that place today of God, I don't know what to do, I want to tell you, you're in a safe place. If you're in a place of I don't know how to parent my kid, 
I don't have any resources left. I don't know what to do in my finances. And I know these places are real. They're painful. They're scary. But Jesus is saying to you today, I will strengthen you. I will hold you up with my righteous right hand. I will be your provider. I will help you in what direction you should go. I will help you in your marriage. I'm with you in your relationships. Just one glimpse, just one step in the direction of coming to your father. And he is moved. All of heaven is moved with deep compassion for you. So church, can we stand up right now? Let's stand together as we close in prayer. If everybody could lift their hands like this, like just a place of surrender, just giving it up to him. Father, we surrender to you our will. We surrender to you our way, God. What is it? We want to feed off the manna from heaven. What is it, God, that you are speaking to our hearts? That you are speaking to our spirit right now, Father. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would move on every heart. That you would move in every family, in every situation, God, that you would make yourself so real to them that the things of this earth would just be blurry and dim. But as they fix their eyes on you, Jesus, that you would consume every place. That you would have your way, God. You would bring joy in their life. God, that you would bring favor in every area of their life, in their relationships, in their workplace, in their homes, in their families, God. Thank you that you are restoring relationships. You are restoring the broken places, Father. And you are healing, God, bringing healing, grace, and mercy like only you can. And if you're in a place today that you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, Christians, pray with me right now. Father, we give our heart to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for us. We are in desperate need of a Savior. Thank you, God, that you called me worthy enough. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life, Jesus. I love you. I need you. I surrender to you. Holy Spirit, be my lead and my guide, my best friend. In Jesus' name. Now listen, church is good. Being together is good. And we're going to celebrate here together after church. But you've got to be connected. You've got to be discipled. You can't, you can't do it alone. I promise you. The best of the best, which isn't anybody, because we're all the same, in need of a Savior, can't do it alone. Nobody. So let's connect. Hang out for a few minutes. Get to know people if you can. If you have to go, you can go. But we're going to um, bring up Pastor Mary and Adrian. I know Mary I think ran out real quick. 
but live right, love everybody, and pray hard. We're going to bless Mary and um, Adrian before they go.